0: Welcome back, and if you 're new here to the my podcast welcome i 'm so glad that you 're here i 'm hoping that you all had a great Easter weekend here in Northern California. We were definitely blessed with blue sky and sunshine, which even had a little warmth to it. That was definitely a welcome sight for us here we 've been pretty soggy wet for a few months. A normal winter actually um, when I mean normal, it's been a while since we've had that kind of normal here in California. So it's um, it's been wonderful. And I felt like it was very apropos this week to with spring and Easter being fresh on our heels to be the topic based around renewal or refresh. Those seem to be... You know, I mean, I know for Easter, it's resurrection, but that's also to revive oneself, I think. So let's talk about that. But before we do, let me introduce myself. Hi there. My name is Dr. Kelly Ray and I'm a mindset coach counselor, notably known as the inner critic tamer. I'm passionate about helping others just like you and me who have survived things that perhaps we don't necessarily like to talk about. But we know we want to be better because it not only helps us, but we know that it helps those around us. We attract a different type of people around us when we're feeling better, right? I'm obsessed with teaching others how to tame their inner critic, that inner childhood conditioning, or as I like to say, Undo that crap that may have happened to you. Look, that inner critic has a language that so often is misinterpreted by people. We think that that inner critic uh, is there to sabotage us and cause us doubt and cause us fear and angst. And I'm telling you, from somebody who has not only experienced this personally, but have studied it for many, many years it's not it's not that cut and dry if it was that cut and dry then none of us would deal with stress or anxiety or doubt or fear or you know sabotage our efforts right we wouldn't do any of those things so why do we resist even trying to figure out or understand or learn what that is so that we can improve upon the quality of our lives. That's just kind of the, the the, big question, right? But those of you that are choosing to tune in and listen to this podcast and other podcasts like that, that's what sets you apart because you're willing to want to learn. You're willing to not only take that information And apply it so it becomes applicable knowledge in your life, improving the quality of your lives, not just more data to fill your minds. And during this episode, we're going to be talking about how Easter spring is a great time to refresh and or renew your mindset and take movements towards your goals this year. I know for many goal setting or resolutions or intentions or whatever word it may be that you use or don't use may not be your thing in January, but spring seems to naturally stimulate that desire for refreshing, stretching and movement of all kinds. And I don't just mean physicality. I mean, in a lot of areas of your life spring is a time for renewal and cleansing making it the perfect season for deep cleaning your house and organizing desk drawers but why stop there why just stop at freshening up those things when with those things we have an opportunity to freshen up and recalibrate our brains While a clean and organized living space can be beneficial on its own, the same cleansing principles can be applied to your body and your mind. And what better time for restoration than after winter when you're most in need of energy, both physically and mentally. Springtime provides an opportunity to rid yourself of those things that no longer serve you, such as negative thinking patterns you've held on to for too long, or those extra 20, 30, 40 pounds you could do without. Perhaps you want to start eating healthier, maybe switch careers, start your own business, manage stress, and improve your anxiety levels and organize your office or workspace or your bedroom your living room your kitchen your garage whatever it may be so let's talk about first the problem with clutter a messy home or office isn't just unsightly but may also pose harm to your mental health according to a survey that was conducted by the huffington post 47% of stressed Americans reported worrying about their house not being clean or organized enough as major triggers of stress. And oftentimes it's because people claim they don't have time. And some of you might be shaking your head right now saying, yep, that's it, I don't have time. And I'm going to say that that could be a mindset thing as well of... We all have the same 24 hours in a day, and it's how we manage that. Clutter specifically was named as one of the biggest culprits behind participating elevated stress levels in this survey. Clutter can drain your mental energy and leave you feeling overwhelmed can leave you feeling confused. It can leave you feeling stressed because maybe you can't find your car keys or you know, suddenly your phone's not where you need it and you gotta run out the door. And now, whoop, there's that time word again, now you're late. Clutter can drain your mental energy and leave you, as I said, feeling overwhelmed. Cluttered items may be things from your past that you consistently ruminate over which can lead to feelings of depression. Or you may worry about tossing out and finally parting with those items. An unclean home can also trigger respiratory issues when there is a buildup of environmental allergens or mold or dust or mildew, anything. And note that cleaning products that contain chemicals and irritating scents and other toxins can further create irritations making maybe perhaps natural products safer or at best opening your doors and windows when you're doing this so that you're not you know fumigating yourself with all of these extra added toxins so tips for home cleaning and i know that some of you already know this and yet sometimes it bears repeating because we go through seasons, right? And sometimes just the simplest things of reminders, I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can manage that. When you are more organized, you feel less stressed and overwhelmed, and you actually have more energy, which allows you to better focus. So here's some tips for achieving these benefits. One, start small. If you set out to clean the whole house top to bottom in one day, you're inevitably going to get overwhelmed. Start with something manageable, like organizing a set of drawers, for example. When you have a little bit of free time, trying to organize when you're in the middle of completing five other tasks will likely lead to more stress. The other thing is, is set out a time to do this. Let's say, for instance, you have Saturdays off. That's your day off. And on that day off, that's when you're doing laundry or you do your grocery shopping or whatever. While you're waiting for your clothes to dry and fold, maybe that's when you pull out your sock drawer, your underwear drawer, your t-shirt drawer. And you sort through that you know maybe take it even outside in your backyard so you're getting that vitamin d you're getting the sunshine and you're sorting again it's not your entire dresser you'll be more apt to want to do another drawer once you get through that one but if you were to pull out all five ten drawers lug it all outside and begin sorting you're probably going to wipe yourself out and then you're going to leave the clothes in the dryer and not put them away so take small starts take small steps to be consistent consistently performing small organizational tasks such as filing your bills as you pay them or cleaning the dishes as you use them will not only become a habit but can make a big difference over time when you let even the smallest of tasks go They accumulate until eventually they turn into a big job that overwhelms you. You can avoid this by developing better habits. Number three, discard what you can. Throw away items you don't need and are able to part with. Clutter is a big source of stress for many. By decluttering your living space, you're creating both physical and mental space donate old clothing, toss out expired items, and discard any paperwork you no longer need. Number four, buy storage bins, folders, or other organizational tools. Look, organizational tools can be especially helpful if you find you're having a hard time letting go of things. Store items in labeled bins or create a filing system for bills and, or other personal and professional paperwork. Home goods or office supply stores offer a variety of ways to make cleaning and organizing easier. Here's the other thing. If you're also on a budget, maybe going to Office Max, Office Depot, Staples, any of those are not within your budget. Start checking out used furniture stores or consignment stores. Plastic tubs are everywhere. Again, the goal is not to be able to To hoard this stuff forever, but maybe it's an easier way for you to, to in your mind, have a visualization, a tub for goodwill or donation, a tub for, you know, discarding through waste, trash, whatever. And another one that you are going to hold on to, I'd ask you to look at those things you're going to hold on to and see what the actual value is of that. Are they family heirlooms? Are they something memorial as in family or that as opposed to something that's you're just not sure of? Look, we tend to sometimes hang on to things far longer than we need to. That can also create that scarcity mentality or that fear of I'll never be able to have or do this again. I remember as a kid hanging on to some movie tickets for years because, you know, that event of going to that movie with my family or friend was really a memorable one for me, an important one to me. So I tucked it away safely somewhere. And years later, I was sorting through something and I found those tickets it made me smile to to remember that. But then I was like, holy crap, how long have I been hanging on to this? You know, it, it was nothing I even looked at any longer. So this is a great time to be going and decluttering even those clothes. Look, ladies, we hang on to clothes far too long, myself included, you know. And I know for any of us that have wrestled with our weight, we might even have clothes that hit certain different weight brackets. Like when in the winter, we may pack on some weight, so then we have our fluffier clothes. And then in the spring, if you slim down or loose them, you got a smaller size. The thing is, we're not doing ourselves favors hanging on to that stuff forever. Because quite honestly, 10 years from now, I don't know that I necessarily wanna wear some of the stuff that's sitting in my closet that I hope one day I can get into. So that there's an energy that goes along with that as well. So deciding to free yourself up, maybe even consider is there somebody else in your world that might benefit from that right now rather than in 10 years from now in the hopes that maybe that, that does a lot for our mindset as well. So let's talk now about tips for reviving physical health. No need to worry if winter has left you feeling sluggish or fluffier or out of shape. The cold temperatures typically mean spending more time indoors, right? Again, I talked about this very early on in California. We had lots and lots and lots of cold, 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 wet, wet, wet winter. So most of us were not dashing outside for running in galoshes and wetsuits. We weren't doing that. You know, we just, you're, you're getting, you're getting through. And typically we are less active and maybe even making unhealthier food choices because man, there's nothing that tastes yummier than some delicious comfort food, right? Some lasagna or some hearty, hearty soup that You know, you wouldn't ordinarily eat when it's warmer outside. However, spring is a great time to get back on track as the temperatures are warming up and the sun is more likely to shine and shine a lot longer than four o'clock in the afternoon. Here's some ways to revive your physical routine and leave you feeling re-energized and refreshed after a long winter. Choose an outdoor activity, whether it's gardening, walking, jogging, playing pickleball, find something that will get you outdoors and in motion. Number two, try something different to get you moving. Look, you may not be an enthusiastic gym-goer like myself. For some, working out can feel like a chore. What I've learned, with that one is a lot of times people are kind of embarrassed to go to the gym because one, you get into that comparative state. Like, you know, you, I'm not lifting as much as somebody else, but two, you're not actually sure what to do or how to maybe use the equipment in a way that's actually going to benefit you. Just like anything else, learning how to do a new thing takes time. It takes your concentration and it takes your commitment to it. But if you're not wanting to do that right now, then I'm try something different. Try a dance class. Maybe go swimming. Maybe it's riding a bike. Maybe it's grabbing a gal pal and taking a walk on a trail and just hashing out your day. Make movement steps start to become more and more a part of your daily routine than it has been in the last couple of months. Choosing novel and enjoyable ways to stay in shape can make exercise seem less daunting, right? Make it fun for yourself. Maybe pick up a hula hoop again. You know, I don't know if any of you are on TikTok, but I've seen this new device that they're using, and I don't know if it works or not, but it looks kind of like a hula hoop thingy, and make it fun, you know, it doesn't, everything doesn't have to be, you know, perfect. It's not about being perfect. It's about being consistent. Number three, incorporate more good stuff into your diet. If you're unhappy with your current diet, start slowly incorporating healthier foods. This may mean eating more protein and less starchy, sugary, processed foods. Here's the thing is if whatever it is that you're doing right now is not getting you the gains that you want, then it might be the opportunity to become a beginner again and try something new. You know, you're we either are eating too much or sometimes it could be the culprit of not eating enough and so now you've just shut down your metabolism to that of a crawling snail you have to be willing to do something different and you have to be willing to give it a really good go a really good go is not a week two weeks or even two months a good go is see how you're doing in six months as long as you're being consistent and keeping on top of things and seeing your progress then also get off the freaking scale if that's your only measure of knowing your success is that number on the scale do not become a slave to that because there's going to be times when your body is resetting and readjusting because if you're Working out or using resistant bands or something like that, you're going to be gaining more lean muscle and losing the fat, which means your body's going to redistribute it. So you're probably maybe going to weigh the same, even though physically your clothes are fitting looser. So maybe, maybe this spring is where you. Decide with your mindset, renewal, and revision that you're going to ditch the scale and try a new measuring tool, a tape measure, or how your clothes fit as your marker. Whatever it is, be consistent with it. I cannot express that enough. Number four, develop better sleeping habits. I have talked about sleep on here on so many different episodes that it bears speaking about again, because there, there definitely seems to be a sleep epidemic going on around the world, and certainly here in the United States, that we just aren't getting enough adequate restful sleep. Quality sleep can do the body wonders. Try going to bed and waking up around the same time each night. Develop healthy bedtime habits such as reading or journaling to encourage quality sleep. Also put away your electronics an hour or two before bed. Don't eat just before you go to bed. Remember, you have to control your schedule. Does that mean that things don't go sideways sometimes? Yes, they do. You might have, you know, visitors like I had my family last week. So it was fantastic, wonderful, wonderful the best time ever and our eating and sleeping schedules got off a bit so rather than beat ourselves up over that you just do the next right thing so everybody now has gone home we're now starting back up to our regular routines and that means that our sleep will fall back in alignment so give yourself a break if you've gotten out of whack and and if you are still wrestling with some sleep issues, maybe it's a matter of talking to your doctor because maybe there's some sleep apnea happening. I also know that if it's regarding physical health, if you are carrying excess weight, that by losing the weight, you're going to actually have more restful sleep. So let's talk now about tips for mentally recharging. By cleaning your living area and bettering your physical health, you will indirectly improve your mental health. But there are a number of other ways to enhance your mood and feel better mentally and emotionally this spring. Let's talk about that. So number one, let go of unhealthy thinking patterns. You often hold on to negative thinking patterns because they are familiar to you and provide this false sense of security, but by letting them go, you create space for healthier thoughts and behaviors. Meditating can be a great way to become more aware of your thoughts and identify which ones are particularly unhealthy or harmful. I also encourage you to write down familiar phrases that you say daily because these are the the ones that are actually the unexpected negative thought patterns that you operate from. You know, like, oh, I'm tired. How many times a day do you say, I'm tired? And and you might say not much or a little. I want you to track down and write down for a week every day how many times you say, I'm tired. You might be astounded at the end of the week when you see how many times you've said that. And then wonder why you don't have the energy or the focus, or the clarity to do the things that you need because you have been setting yourself up every day to not have those things. It's those little things, those little phrasing, those little words that seem so insignificant. One, because they've become a habit, they become a pattern, they become something that you're unconsciously operating from. You're not even thinking the words that you're saying it, nor the impact that they have on you. And once you become aware of them and you become aware of your languaging, you might slow down your speech, you might slow down before you respond because now you're consciously thinking of the impact that the words you speak and say are going to have on you throughout the rest of your day. Number two, start a journal. Putting your thoughts to paper is a great way to purge anything that may be bothering you and holding you back. A journal is that unbelievable friend in your life that won't judge you, that doesn't have something snarky to say back to you. It's not somebody who's going to criticize you. It's not somebody who's going to rush you to get to the end of your sentence. A journal is that friend that sits patiently as you process through what it is that you're thinking and feeling. It's a phenomenal tool to have in your toolbox. Try first thing in the morning after you wake up and write out what it is that you're thinking, what you're feeling. Maybe it's what you're grateful for. I love doing that. As soon as I wake up, First thing I say is I'm thankful. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, universe. Thank you, whatever it is that you want to say. There's something about starting the day in gratitude. And at the end of the day, as you recap your day, it's a great day to journal out your thoughts from the day so they don't play over in your dreams at night as your mind's trying to process through your day. Journal it out. Get it out early before you even go to sleep. And finish that journal day with... Two, three, five things that you're grateful for you be surprised with the consistency of this habit how your sleep will gradually improve number three this is a big one reconnect with others. It is not uncommon to go into hibernation mode in winter because it takes more effort and quite honestly, all the layering of clothes and shoes and sweaters and hats and all of that to go out. So you may feel like it wasn't worth the effort or eh, not today, maybe tomorrow. You may find that you spent more time watching Netflix rather than engaging in meaningful conversation. You know, honestly, it seems like the days of speaking on the telephone to people has gone merely over to text messaging and... (laughs) And let's be honest, has communication really improved over text messaging? I think text messaging is great for, hey, I'm on my way. Hey, would you like me to pick anything up? I'm on my way home. Hey, I'm running late. Do you need anything? Hey, I have to work overtime just to let somebody know where you are. As opposed to, I have these feelings and I think we need to talk about them via text messaging. I know, you just rolled your eyes and said, I know, that's ridiculous, Dr. Kelly Ray, that's stupid. Why do people do that? How many of us have done that? Because that's become the new way of communicating. We need to get back to the basics of pick up the telephone if you don't live right next door to one another. If you live right next door to one another, walk your ass outside and say hi to your neighbor, and catch up. It, it, we need to get back to those conversations. Make an effort to get out and reconnect with society. Meet a friend for dinner. Maybe if you, you can't meet with somebody that day, but you have some time, grab a book and go to a coffee house. Read your book in the coffee house. Be in the energy of other people in, in society. We have, we are destined. I know that might seem like a crazy long word, but we are designed to be connected with one another. It's part of our survival skill. We are not, you know, lone wolves. We might be, we might think we are, but we do, even if I dare say this, if you think of even those that choose to be homeless and wish not to be a part of productive society if you if you look around your towns i know that california we have 30 per, 33% of the nation's homeless population is here in california so I see it everywhere, and what I see is still, even in that community of people that are, you know, I'm going to say choosing, not all of them are choosing that, I'm not saying that, but those that do choose still are choosing to commune with one another, they still sleep maybe near one another, they still hang out with one another. Why? Because that is an ingrained thing that we have in ourselves to connect on some level and I know that over the last couple of years you know with COVID and initially with quarantine and isolation and all of that a lot of fear happened and in that fear we all kind of took whatever our position and stance was on that You know, we either gathered to one side of a team or another. Maybe you were somebody who, and again, I'm just using examples here, so please don't misconstrue what I'm saying as a position I'm holding. I'm just merely sharing an example. Maybe you were somebody who was in the no-mask-wearing club. You definitely connected on a certain level with those that also held that same stance as those that chose to wear the mask there was there was a a camaraderie with those other like-minded people who felt that it was in the best interest to wear a mask so we had these two teams again as an example prior to covid those two teams again for example's sake we dwelled with one another throughout society we didn't know who was on whose team necessarily but because of this big global event that happened Everybody started picking their teams because that felt safe to them. That was camaraderie there. There was connection there. There was the sense of belonging in that camp, so to speak. We, were our, we didn't know that prior. We all had those same feelings on whatever level we're talking about. Again, I'm just using the example of mask here, not necessarily political or you know, religion or culture, I I think you get my point here, is we cohabitated together in society and had more grace for one another. We knew that there was differences among us and that, and we weren't volatile towards one another. We weren't hating one another. And yes, that happened in some sectors and some people, because some people just are unhappy people, right? But for the most part, we coexisted. And it's time for us to coexist again. And I'm going to tell you if we allow ourselves to get back out there again and reintegrate and reacquaint ourselves with the world around us, you are going to see a decrease in anxiety. You're going to see a decrease in depression. You're going to see a decrease in hostility. Believe it or not, there's some that are still struggling with this reintegration because you're just too afraid to go back out there. Stress, anxiety, and depression begin to take strongholds on us when we stay hibernated for too long. And if you're finding it more challenging than usual to to get back out there, I'm going to recommend you schedule some time with me so we can work through this together and get you back out living your vibrant life. Look, again, we do need to push through that uncomfortability of reintegrating to society i know i went through that myself when we first came back from covid and getting back out in to what we considered quote unquote normal living the people who i think fared somewhat well were the food industry and the healthcare industry because they never stopped they continually worked through all of that madness whereas many of us d- did not do that i mean even my coaching counseling business went from being face to face to now it's either video conference or telephone yes i have clients that come in person but a benefit has been certainly a broader reach to be able to do now video conference and telephone um, appointments. But that still is not a way to completely live all of the time. You know, they've made it convenient. Now you can have your food brought to you. You know, you can have everything delivered right to you, but you're not doing your mental emotional, physical health any good. If you continue to allow those things to be brought to you rather than you getting up and going out and doing them, grab a friend, take a friend with him. In fact, let your friend know that you're a little nervous so that they can hold space for you to help you walk through going and getting a cup of coffee together, going and getting lunch together, whatever it is. I cannot stress you enough how important this is for your mental health. And if you are wanting to change your mindset, you have to want to make some shifts in order to do that. These tips that I've shared with you today will help you take advantage of this spring's blossoming, nature's reminder of the power of renewal. But I'm going to encourage you not to limit yourself to following the suggestions only in the spring. Embed these activities in your life and make them habits that you can depend on. Because truth be told, just as nature has her four seasons, we too have our own seasons. Sometimes we are in our full fall season where we are harvesting the rewards of the efforts we've been putting in. And in the same time, we also have our winter seasons where maybe we're going through a challenge, a breakup, a health issue, a job loss, a loss of a loved one, etc. So anchoring in these simple little habits will become your new normal, your new way of living. And when your winter season appears, you'll be able to navigate your way through it in a healthier way that will serve you long term. And as you go forward to refresh your mindset for spring, remember that the most important thing you can do is to start your practice, even if it's just one small step, and keep it at that one day at a time. Consistently is going to help you make that be your new word this year. Consistency. So as we begin to wrap up this week's episode, please know as you go forward to refresh your mindset for spring, Keep it simple, don't overload yourself, right? I mean, that's how stress and anxiety sets in is when we overcrowd ourselves with too much information, too much data, too much overscheduling ourselves. Mm -hmm. Keep it simple, but keep it consistent. And if you found this helpful or you know someone who could use a little extra help along the way, I'm going to encourage you to not only follow this podcast, but share it as well. Because I can tell you, you may not know the impact it could make on someone's life. Because a lot of times we may laugh publicly with one another, but oftentimes we cry alone. And so we don't know who might be sitting there alone right now who could use a little extra support, who could lose some encouragement, who could maybe use someone to help them get through their day. I would love to be able to do that for them, but it would take you needing to share this for me. And if I can help you in any way, here's some ways that you can get in touch with me. I'm on Instagram at Ask Dr. Kelly Ray. Kelly Ray is spelled K-E-L-L-Y-R-A-E. I'm on Facebook at Dr. Kelly Ray B. B is in brown. I'm on TikTok at Dr. Kelly Ray. My website is drkellyray.com. And my email is drkellyray at gmail.com. Until next week, please know, I send you so much love.